Welcome into a special New Media Broadcasters podcast. I'm Josh Margolis. Today I'm speaking with the cast of Blue Orange, a play coming to the stage at Montana Actors Theater in Cowan Hall beginning Thursday. And we started off the conversation by having the cast introduce themselves. Uh, my name is Joyce Finn, and I am the director of uh, Blue Orange. I'm Grant Olson, uh, the artistic director of the company, but I'm acting, I'm playing the role of Bruce in Blue Orange. I came in Curitz and I'm playing the role of Christopher. My name is Martin Holt, I'm playing the part of Dr. Robert Smith in Blue Orange. Whoever wants to take this one, just talk about what the play's about and, and um, why you feel that it, it's important for people to, to check it out. This play really is about uh, mental health mental health issues and uh, the system itself, you know, the mental health system or the health system, and then uh, treatment of different groups of people that, uh, you know, are serviced in these uh, uh, systems. And then it's also about sensitive issues of race, of power, people fighting for power in the health systems, the providers, but then also the treatment of uh, people that, uh, like I said, people that uh, actually get services. Uh, and knowing that uh, that's the struggle right now, everywhere people are struggling with mental health issues, we don't talk about it. So we feel like maybe this play exposes something, some you know issues on mental health and the systems in which, you know, which provide the mental health people and the people that are involved in it, the people that are the powerful people in the mental health setups. When we were looking at uh, this season coming up, this was a show that, that I had seen in London in about 2001, and it had stuck with me since I had seen it. And again, I was thinking about how poignant and still topical it is 20 <laughs> years later. And so I thought it was important there, uh, questions about how different minorities are treated and how systematic treating of different people and how our health system works with that. Again, it, it's it's a really intense sort of play, but it's it's a comedy. It's a it's labeled as a black comedy. It's a dark comedy because sometimes all you can do is laugh at how ridiculous a situation is that we choose to treat people on the basis of if we have enough beds to treat them. So it's even more than just mental health. It's our health system in general. So. As heavy as the topic is of mental health and the, uh, the health systems, I think this play is also the ridiculousness, the absurdity of some things that happen in the system. I think uh, we want that to come across because that's the real thing, that's, it happens out in the world. And so we have to laugh at it, like Dr. Olson said. And we have to laugh at some of these things, but, uh, but it's so powerful because it really touches on issues that uh, people don't want to talk about. And that's what we want to share. We want the community to look at this issue and everything that comes with it when it comes to uh, minority groups and uh, how they are treated uh, in the system. Just could you, everyone talk about that? It's a three-person play, right? Yeah. So each person that's in the play, talk about your part and kind of the work that goes into emulating that. Well, uh, the part I'm playing is uh, Dr. Robert Smith, and he represents the old guard of the NHS, of the, of the psychiatric uh, institutions in England. This is set in London. And basically, he is one of those people who has basically been sort of stuck in a, in a job being a consultant at a hospital. He, he has a ceiling. He can't go any higher than that. But he is the boss where he's at. And he does have very set ideas of how one should treat people. And it's sort of a combination of cultural sensitivity and just pragmatism. 
like he harps on it forever. He's the one who harps on it forever. We can't keep him. We can't keep patients here because we don't have beds for them. We we're basically it's almost he's the one who does triage for the hospital, and he has these very set ideas on cultural cultural sensitivities and mental health like how do the two overlap and he does great on and he does he does get a little sparky when people challenge his authority was that understated (laughs) yeah um i think with christopher he's a he's a schizophrenic um he's the patient and um i think in in trying to emulate the character i kind of had to kind of pull from uh both of my co-stars and martin they helped me and both uh dr olsen uh, just kind of be more open um i think the character itself is he's a a guy who's struggling with mental health but on top of that he's he has some undermined wit so he knows what's going on he understands the power structure the dynamic and how to kind of play both of them he builds friendships and good relationships to kind of segue into kind of making them clash and kind of gaining his freedom because he understands that he does want freedom but he doesn't really know what he wants at the end of the day so he's kind of in this middle ground and he's trying to uh, i guess find it through manipulation of both himself and <laughs> his his <laughs> consultant so i don't know what he's really looking for but if freedom is it I don't think he's going to get it yet, but for sure. Yeah, so um, I play the role of uh, Bruce, uh, who's a younger trainee uh, psychiatrist at, at this hospital, and he's very idealistic. He has a problem with the system turning people out because there's a lack of beds, and so he's trying to change a system that's unchangeable, really, uh, and he's finding frustration in that. I think what's interesting is, is I, I think... In some ways, I think both of the doctors here care about the patient, but only to a certain point where it affects their career. And it, it's a, a this sort of career choice, and the patient becomes this pawn. So Chris becomes this pawn between us. And what happens is, is you know, the part I'm playing is... is uh, really progressive sort of thinks he's thinks he's aware of racism and could never be but the underlying racism that that's kind of prevails in society is there and it manifests itself as his power gets challenged so you see you see this sort of like conflict that comes out and and I think the character of Chris sees that too and he he plays on that he knows that he can touch on this and and see who who gets to let him free and he'll work it until he gets out <laughs> how did you become involved in this play and as a student athlete here at Northern what what led you to this the role in being a part of Montana Actors Theater uh, just being in Dr. Olson's class, uh, he, he kind of presented it to me just after class and told me to come try out, and uh, I tried out after practice. And I think it's always kind of something that I wanted to do. I just never was granted the opportunity, didn't know how to kind of get into it, and there it was. So I, I just wanted to be a part of it, and I felt like it was something that I can step out of my comfort zone, uh, something I haven't really done in college, wanted to get the full college experience, say I did something. So. And is this, uh, I guess if you were going to give it like a, a movie rating, would it be what, PG, PG-13, is it an R? R plus. Hard R. <laughs> May contain foul language and racist overtones. Yeah, for sure. Racist overtones uh, glory. And so uh, people should just be prepared, you know, for that sensitivity. And uh, it, it's... It's real. It, it's real in that sense because that's what's happening. And so we bring out that absurdity of it all and uh, laugh about it. And yet it is what we're dealing with in our different communities. But the fact that it's, uh, it's also talking about mental health issues and the systems 
and people, you know. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's very real. So it's the language real. is very real. And yeah. the situations become really uncomfortable. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really, really oh, un yeah. uncomfortable. And we, that's what we want. And we, if, uh, if we can start having conversations around that discomfort, I think that would be okay. And we know that in our community... Right here in Harbor, there are a lot of people dealing with mental health issues, and people don't want to talk about it. And it lo you know, like this is not even about race in some instances. It's just low-income folks, you know, poor people, how they are looked at, how they are treated in uh, and in just the how, how systems. How different groups can be grouped together just yeah. based on how how the society that's in charge chooses to group them yeah. and so it, race plays a part in this play but it speaks broader than that, than that. Yeah. yeah it goes beyond the race it goes I, I feel like it touches on the everyday issue of mental health issues it just so happens that there are two psychiatrists who are white and one black man who happens to be the patient <laughs> it could have been any other man who is a minority uh, being in that position, being treated by the two men of power in the system, but who have actually the answer maybe to the problem that this person is experiencing. Well, one of the one of the central, um, broader themes of the whole thing is how do you judge mental health and how do you distinguish it from, for example, a different culture, but over time within a culture. One of the best examples I can think of is left-handedness, of all things. Left-handedness used to be considered a mental disorder. If you were left-handed, efforts were taken to cure you of being left-handed to the point where teachers would beat students on the knuckles with sticks if they were writing with their left hand. Now we recognize that being left-handed is just another type of human being. Mm -hmm. But it used to be considered that. But it's also, it's not, it wasn't really a professional diagnosis. It was based on the primitive superstition of the idea that left-handedness was demonic. I mean, the, the word Dexter is right, the word left in Latin is sinister, as in a sinister thing, as in underhanded and evil. And so you see things like this and you realize that one person's mental illness may simply be just some, a, a cultural artifact. And this, the, the play does explore this in, in uh, somewhat, somewhat nauseating detail, I might say. It's, um, and that, yeah, that's one of the big things that uh, Bruce and Robert fight over is how much does Christopher's cultural you know, background influence his diagnosis of being schizophrenic? Is he really schizophrenic or is he in fact a product of the fact that he grew up in a certain uh, culture in London? And the play has kind of a nice ambiguous way of answering it. So you can at the end go, all right, let's have an argument about it. You guys talked about, you know, wanting this to spark conversations. Will those conversations be through you guys, like a post-play, or is this something you just want groups to talk about, you know, after the play, after the fact? We've actually been discussing having some uh, post-play discussions and uh, setting that up uh, uh, with Dr. Finn. Um, 
she uh, teaches on the counseling program here at MSU Northern and Amber Spring, who's the counselor here uh, on campus. And we're in discussions on how to uh, setting up a, a sort of forum after the play and having some discussions about some of, some of the things discussed in the play and having a talk back with the audience. So it'll be something that we hopefully uh, will have a little bit more information on and when which night that happens on here soon. But then it's also broader. Uh, this is... Like I said, I saw this play in 2001, and I continued thinking and talking about it for years, and I was like, we need to do this. And it was actually, one of my worries was it, we haven't had many black actors on stage and had having black actors come and audition, and it was a play that I really wanted to do, but it was like waiting till we had the right time. And then this year, it was really nice when we auditioned for this. We had multiple actors come out on it. It was a really tough decision, to be honest, because yeah. we had such great talent. And that, that's really exciting for us at MAT to say, look, we can explore some of these these issues that that we didn't used to have actors for that now we do. So that's really exciting. Anything else anybody would like to add before I let you all go? I think, uh, you know, in terms of having that discussion, I've already even talked to Amber about it. Like, it would be so nice like, just to have an after conversation after the play, and hopefully the community uh, will be receptive to that so that we can have those conversations that are real, and, uh, and let's see what we can do in Hava. Well, in a perfect world, I want us to start bar fights. <laughs> I want people to leave here and actually have, like, Physical arguments about what the hell this play was about. <laughs> Anybody else? Yeah, I think um, just as an athlete, I think it's a lot of um, black athletes that are uh, here um, that haven't seen themselves represented here. And um, I think being able to speak for them and connect them to the theater and connect them to things other than sports um, itself and then connect them to these issues and create those conversations for even guys on my team. Um, and amongst ourselves and uh, kind of create more of a camaraderie in that sense if they can come to the play and see what's going on and create those conversations see how we can unify amongst ourselves and even make our team even better that may be something that happens so uh, along with the community so that does it for this special new media broadcasters podcast my thanks to the cast of blue orange for their time a reminder the play premieres this thursday at 8 p.m in haver for more information you can visit mtactors.com for New Media Broadcasters, I'm Josh Margolis.